Welcome back to the 28th episode of the Boy Oh Boy Wowie podcast. Today we have another massive guest, Rick Kennedy, who played 158 games for Footscray and also captained them for two years. Please welcome Rick. Thanks, Eps, for coming on today, mate. My pleasure, Bowie. Nice, uh, nice to have a chat with you. How did you first get involved in footy? Oh, jeez. That's a long time ago, Bailey. Um, I started, uh, it's 50 years ago, 51 years ago, I started when I was eight, I started playing, I, was, I originally came from Tarelgan and uh, they had an under 12, under 14, under 16 competition there and I started in the under 12s at the, uh, at the age of eight and the, uh, my, old, uh, my old coach told me a number of years back that in my first game he remembers it well. Uh, because he tried to hide me, and, and uh, all the other boys were obviously a little bit bigger than me. Um, being in under twelves, I'd only been eight years of age, and he tells a story that uh, I'll cut it short. That the the wind was blowing across the ground, and the ball hadn't been on one side of the ground for a whole of the game. So he he put me on the last quarter and out the other side where the ball hadn't been. And as soon as I went out there. Uh, uh, guess what? The ball went out there. I got the <laughs> ball and kicked it. And he said, "You never look back." So that, that was the start. Yeah. What was your journey to landing at Footscray? Um, well, I, uh, I, I, I played uh, junior football down in Tarelgan, and, and Tarelgan was a very uh, down in Gippsland, uh, very strong region of footballers, and I mean, there's been many. Um, greats or great footballers come to there much better than me the Calvin Templemans of the world and Jeff Jennings and the Cordy brothers and um, there's, a, there's a whole host of people and um, uh, so I, I actually played for about seven years I think I retired at the age of 14 and uh, uh, I didn't play again until year 12 where it, I went and watched a couple of mates play for Tarelgan thirds and they lost three games in a row and I was sort of, uh, I wasn't that complimentary towards the way they, they played the game. I, I thought they could have shown a bit more, um, a bit more grunt. Anyway, they talked me into playing again and um, so I uh, played a year in the thirds there and Butch Gray spotted us playing in the finals and invited us to come down and have a go at uh, at Footscray the following year, which which we did. So that's sort of how I that, that was the journey to the Bulldogs, um, the great club that it is. Yeah, who were some of your idols growing up? I was actually uh, I was actually a Carlton supporter when I was a, a kid growing up. I um, a couple of my favourite uncles were Carlton supporters and. I think they influenced me. Dad was a Collingwood supporter, and Mum was actually St Kilda. Um, so, but my uncles won over, and um, uh, my favourites were uh, Jess Southby, and um, uh, oh, geez, my memory's going now. It was, it was that era. I loved Jeff Southby and uh, um, and, the, and the Carlton Football Club. So, um, the Flying Doormat, Brucey Dool, and all those characters, um, so and, and they were great sides in those days. Yeah, how happy were you to land at Footscray? Oh, I, was, I was as happy as Larry. I, I um, finished year 12. I, 
I'd planned to actually join the Air Force and um, attempt to become a, a pilot um, because I, uh, I wanted to continue my education and I didn't want my parents having to fund it and I thought it was going to be difficult to fund it and when the Bulldogs offered to bring me down and pay for me to go through university and plus about $25 a week, that was like, um, that was Christmas. So uh, that's, uh, I was excited to be down and, and have a crack at uh, playing AFL. Yeah, what was it like to basically your first job after you left schools playing footy? What was that like? How surreal did that feel? I missed that, sorry, Bailey. What was... So, after Year 12, you landed at Footscray. What was, like, your feeling that your first job after school was being an AFL footballer? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was interesting in those days because we... Um, everyone worked full-time, um, except for the guys that went to school, went to uni. Um, uh, so, we either worked or went to university and... Um, and football was a, a side uh, a side thing that we all loved doing. Um, and uh, it was certainly a, a jump in, uh, in, in my training. I mean, I, I just couldn't believe the amount of training that was involved. In fact, I've often joked with a couple of mates of mine that talked me into playing again that if I had known how hard it was going to be when I went down with the Bulldogs, I'm not, I'm not sure that I would have went down. But it's like everything, you get down there and you get into it and, and uh, you, you join the crew and, and you want to you want to get better at your craft, so you do. Yeah. Um, when you first arrived at the footy club, did you have anyone there that acted as like a mentor to you? Yeah, I, I, was, I was really fortunate. I, um, I remember the first time I uh, did a weight session um, uh, Rocky Stoneham took me under his wing, and uh, I think I, I think I struggled to lift the bar. No, no, I think I did a bit more than a bar, but it wasn't much more. It was only about 60, 80 kilos, and um, and then as we progressed through, um, one of uh, the local or ex or Tarrelgan boys, Calvin Templeton, and uh, Ronnie Simmons, who was the the fitness advisor and trainer. At, at the Bulldogs at the time, um, those two guys took me under their wing, and which was fantastic. I mean, KT, um, I mean, I credit those two guys that I actually snuck through because I wasn't the most talented guy. I had to work hard, and um, those guys helped me to um, get stronger, fitter, um, mentally fitter. Um, so I owe them uh, an enormous amount of gratification for eventually having an AFL career. Yeah, did it take you, did you feel like it took you long to fit in at the footy club once you arrived? Um, that's a really good question. Um, the the blokes were a really good bunch of blokes and I, I'd imagine if when you've spoken with other people um, like Dermy and, and all, the, all the other people you've spoken with that um, they'd all say the same thing that um, we're all there for um, for one thing to to make our club better and uh, and to have success together. Or, um, and and we all knew it was going to be hard. And it's like when you put a group of whether it be men or women um, together um, and they they have a collective um, 
uh, goal, then uh, everyone tries to help each other and support each other through that. Although in there, sometimes you've got to be cruel to be kind. So um, everyone looked after everyone. I was, um, the, there were a number of guys, uh, Jackie Dinatale and, um, geez, I'm forgetting all the names now. <laughs> um, uh, Matt, uh, Matt was from Berwick. His dad actually owned the pub in, uh, pub in Berwick. And um, they all looked after us younger guys um, from a point of view, because a lot of the time we, during the summer you weren't training at the club, you were, you were driving down the road. Well, uh, a number of the younger guys, like I was at that point in time, didn't have cars, um, so they made sure that we got a lift there and a lift home. And so there was, there was all that sort of stuff happening that everyone looked out for each other, which was which was terrific. Yeah. What was the um, lead up to your debut like, and how pumped were you to? be able to play your first game? <laughs> yeah, that's another very good question because uh, uh, and it's probably not uncommon, but um, I actually I, I played my first game in the third round of 1981, um, but I actually got the sack a week before the first game. So I rolled up to the club for training on the Tuesday night before the first game of the year. And, um was uh, as I was getting changed, I was invited upstairs and given my marching orders. And so I missed the first game of the year and I had a meeting with the match committee. And, and this is where part of the credit goes to Calvin Templeton because Calvin had actually um, injured his knee in the, um, in the night series in those days. Um, and he was actually in hospital. He just had a knee operation um, and I was due to go and see him that Tuesday night. Um, so I, I hung around until the right time so he wouldn't know that I hadn't been a training and, and went and seen him in hospital and, and I didn't tell him about it. And uh, at 7 o'clock the next morning, the phone went off where I was living and and uh, um, someone got me out of bed and said, oh, it's Calvin on the phone. I said, oh, okay. So I got out of bed and I said, are you okay? He said, no, I'm fine. He said, I've just, found, I've just found out that you were told that you're no longer wanted. I said, yeah, that's that's true. He said, why didn't you tell me last night? I said, I, I, you've got enough issues on, on your plate. You didn't need to be, uh, be born with mine. And he said, no problems. He said, I'm out of hospital on Friday morning. I'm coming straight to your place and, and we're going to work out your next steps. So... He uh, he helped guide me through, and uh, I met with the match committee on the Monday night after the first game, and and uh, asked for an open clearance to another club. We'd been in contact with Collingwood and Carlton um, to see whether um, we might be able to sneak across there, because the um, then general manager at Carlton was the ex-general manager of the Bulldogs, Jim Allison, and. Uh, uh, and Collingwood were interested. And anyway, cut a long story short, uh, the Bulldogs um, decided to give me another chance, and that's all I wanted. I wanted another chance, and I played the next week in the uh, the second game of the year, and in the, in the seconds at Collingwood against Collingwood, and when I came, the next week uh, Royce Hart got appendicitis and um, couldn't coach, and Frank Good, who was the reserves coach, took over as the senior coach, and he promoted me. 
And uh, so I played my first game in the third round and, uh, against Melbourne and we lost on the last kick of the day and played on a bloke by the name of Spud Dallard and uh, fortunately went okay. And uh, when Royce come back <laughs> the following week, he couldn't put me out of the side. So uh, <laughs> um, I, owe, I owe great debt to Frank Good and his faith uh, in promoting me that week that... Uh, that window that appeared. Yeah. What was that like to be given that second chance at AFL f- at footy? Uh, yeah, look, it's, I, I mean, it was, I mean, to um, be cut and, uh, um, and uh, was really devastating as a, as a young guy. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd been down and got changed and I was in my football, <coughs> in my train, I was, I was ready to go out on the track and then I went upstairs and they told me I was no longer required so I had to come back down and get changed in front of all the guys, back into my street clothes, go and hand my boots in and hand my jumper in and people asking what's happening, you know, what's happening, I said, oh, well, I've just been cut. Um, and uh, so it was pretty demoralising and well it was it was embarrassing I was ashamed that I wasn't good enough and um, and uh, uh, so that you know probably in two or three weeks to go from Paul Lollies to chocolates uh, was pretty exciting and and uh, uh, certainly certainly different but there's many of those stories I mean you, you've talked to a lot of AFL players I'll have they'll have a similar story to how they got to their first game and there's always a bit of luck involved and um, that was my lucky break. Yeah. What was it like for you? Like, first game's obviously one of the biggest moments of your career, but to losing such a close game, what was the feeling for you? (laughs) That's actually a really good question. Um, it was so, you know, it, it, um, it was interesting. Well, it, it is interesting. It, Robbie Flow, Dougie Hawkins was playing on Robbie Flow on the wing, and and uh, and and had done really well. In fact, he probably had the better of Robbie on the day. I I believe in hindsight, and, um, but Flower being Robbie, um, he was a champion, and uh, you know, with thirty seconds to go, he he, he runs from a the wing down to the forward line and takes a specky in the goal square and um, and kicks a goal, you know, 30 seconds before the siren. So um, it was, uh, we, it's not like it is today. The, the younger guys today or the guys today seem to, I'm sure they're disappointed when they lose and all the rest of it, but we, we sort of weren't that, we weren't, we weren't happy when we lost. And uh, it, it took us a while to get out of that um, after a game. So we sort of didn't sit around smiling and we were, we were pretty annoyed with ourselves. And, and, that, and that's the way it was in those days. Yeah. How happy were you with your first season at Footscray? Look, I, look it's, it's probably like most players, Bailey. I was, I was happy to be playing AFL football and... Um, giving it my best, and um, I had a long. I knew I had a long way to go, um, and I had to. I had to work hard week in week out to um, maintain a spot and 
or hopefully maintain a spot. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, we, we had some great players, the Hawkins and the Choco Royals that come along behind and the Steve Wallaces and the Simon Beasleys and, um, uh, you know, the Mick Egan, who was there when I before I got there and uh, Mick Ford and uh, Brian Cordy and, um, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot of guys that, um, you know, we had, a, we had a great time over many years um, and we worked hard and uh, um, some of the boys played hard uh, both on and off the field, um, but it was uh, it was it was it was a good time. We had we as many fun fun memories of playing at the Bulldogs, and probably the only thing I miss from playing is is being around the guys. Yeah, how important do you feel like? How important do you feel it is to have a really good connection with your teammates? Oh, look, it's, it it goes without saying. I think you know in a team sport. If the connection's not there, um, then um, you, you, you're not a team. And, uh, you know, it's a bit like the Tigers. You know, they've, I think that what they've been able to do over the last four or five years is is build an enormous connection amongst themselves. And, um, and what happens is they, uh, it comes through and it stands up and particularly in tight moments and hard moments and, whether that be both on the field or off the field, that um, they they stick together. So uh, it was the same with the Bulldogs. You know, we had many years when I first started that um, were sort of in the probably the bottom half of the ladder rather than the top half uh, until Mick Malthouse come along, who was probably my best coach of my whole career. Um, enormous coach, Mick. Um, I know he gets um, some criticism out there, but um, that's because those people don't know the man and um, take the time to understand who he is. And um, and when Mick come along, he 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 turned us into a a, a team. He actually turned us into a team. So um, it's really important to have that connection. Yeah, what was Mick like as a coach? Oh, Mick was great. <laughs> I mean, we 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 had a. Um, Mick has an enormous ability to um, be your mate and he has an enormous ability to be your leader. Uh, and as coach, he played both roles well. There was a guy by the name of well- Wayne Welsh who was chairman of selectors. Welsh, he'd come across from Richmond with, with Mick. And uh, we weren't that... You know, as players, I don't think we were that smart in those days, Bailey, but... Um, they played good cop, bad cop. Walshie was the bad cop. Mick was the good cop. So we loved Mick and we hated Walshie. <laughs> um, and if anyone was going to be dropped, it'd be Walshie who'd tell them they're going to be dropped. And Mick would never tell them they're going to be dropped. Um, and he'd and he'd work with us and 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 keep us going. So uh, Mick had a great relationship with all the players. Um, it, it probably become difficult for players. Um, when they weren't playing as well, or the way they should be, or they weren't in the in the in the team, um, because Mick was, you know, he's very black and white. Um, you're either in or you're out, and you know, I was on the, I was on both sides of that. Late in my career, I was on the, not the good side, um, but uh, there's an enormous amount of respect there that he's got that ability, and um, and. Uh, 
uh, you know, when I look, when I reflect back on my career as you go through it, there's there's particularly outside of your family, there's there's particularly probably half a dozen people that um, that you owe your career to, and uh, and mix um, up there with Calvin Templeton and Ronnie Simmons uh, as people that I that I owe my career to because he helped um, he helped me become. Uh, a, a full back that um, could do a job on a regular basis, hopefully, um, uh, when, when I was playing. Yeah, what was it like being appointed captain in 1986? Oh, that was a huge honour. I mean, it was it was um, something that um, I can't ever say I aspired to be captain, um, um, but. Uh, Mick, once again, you know, Mick built the belief um, in me that I was a leader and I could become a leader and he gave the opportunity uh, and he promoted me as that along with a number of other guys. And it was, it was, it was interesting in the lead to that announcement, it was probably a, a flip of the coin between Brian Royal and myself. Um, and uh, luckily, the coin felt my, fell my way, and um, it was just an honour. I mean, it was an honour to be um, considered to be a leader amongst the group that we had. Uh, it was a, it was an honour to be able to be the captain of the Western Bulldogs, or Footscray wasn't our day. Um, and uh, it was an honour to be you know one of twelve people in those days that led their respective clubs and. Um, it's something I look back on fondly, and and uh, hopefully I did a reasonable job um, being that leader. Yeah, what was it like representing Victoria the same year that you were appointed captain? Well, that was another uh, interesting time. I I missed out. I was I made the state squad the year before, and but I, I broke my leg, and um, in round thirteen, unfortunately, and and. Um, and then was lucky enough to, to make the squad the following year and then get picked to go and play in, in Perth. And uh, Unfortunately, I had a groin injury. And this is not an excuse, it's just the truth. And I probably should never have played uh, in, um, and being respectful to the big V. Um, and uh, uh, But I just didn't want to miss the chance again. And... Um, and I went over and played in Perth and played on Brian Peake and, and uh, Brian Peake pulled my pants down, is the truth. Um, and uh, but fortunately we got up, or the Vicks got up, my teammates got up, no help to me, um, for me. And uh, uh, it was just a great experience. I mean, it was great to be around those guys. And I always remember the first night I went down, I trained with the Victorian team and we're walking down the race and... Um, Terry Danaher turned around and he said, oh, um, welcome, okay, Rick, welcome, son. Great to have you on board. And, uh, and uh, I mean, you know, probably three weeks before, um, I was trying to, while well, we're trying to rough each other up. <laughs> and that was such a great, you know, it was such a privilege um, to be amongst those guys in the first place and then uh, to be welcomed and... Um, and to be made to feel like that you're, even though it was the first time I was part of the team, that you, you're actually part of us. Um, and that was, uh, that was a big thing. That was a big thing. 
Yeah, what was Banks, your... you know, Banksy and um, Darren Mullane. Um, you know, I spent a, a fair bit of time with those two guys. And, uh, unfortunately, Darren's not with us anymore. And, um, you know, I remember going to the casino after the game and and having some drinks with those guys. And, and I, I was a, I'm a non-drinker, and I still am today. I was a non-drinker then. And so I'm having my Coke, and these two guys are having their pots and Choco Royal and 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 they didn't it didn't it was no big deal the fact that i was a non-drinker they just treated me like everybody else and it's uh, it's a it's a pretty special thing to be amongst um those types of people i was i was very lucky yeah what was your last afl season like um hard um it was uh, uh it was 19 91 i was nearly 31 years of age um i'd i'd run out of i'd run out of steam i'd really got to a stage in my career that even though my body was still okay and physically was still okay mentally i was shot you know I'd, i used to you know in the early days and, and the whole of my career except for that year i'd i'd jump out of bed saturday morning i couldn't wait to get to the ground and and get into it and have some fun and and uh, uh, and hopefully uh, help the side win a, win for the Bulldogs. And, but in the last year, it was a real drag. I'd I'd get out of the bed on, on Saturday mornings, thinking, "Oh, geez, I've got another game of football to get through." And uh, so I found it a, a tough year from from a mental point of view. Um, and uh, uh, but you know, once again. Um, you're, you're a long time retired, so I, I just had to keep reminding myself that that was the case and I needed to keep pushing through and get the most out of what we could get the most out of and then hopefully go out on a, on a reasonable note. Yeah, what was your last game like? We played up in, uh, played up in Brisbane and uh, I was playing on uh, Roger Merritt and uh, Big Roger, he's a ripper guy. Uh, I wasn't a fan though, <laughs> and uh, um, so we used to we used to have a bit of fun, Roger and I. And uh, uh, you know, we went up there, and uh, I remember coming off the ground with a couple, and I hadn't told anyone that I was planning to retire, and walking off the ground um, with, uh, with a couple of teammates, and I said, "Well, that's it, guys." I'm done. I said, what do you mean? I said, I'm done. And that, that's, that's the last one. And, uh, and it was really that, you know, it was, it, it's not, that's how, it, you know, it's, I don't like being made a fuss of and, and, uh, that's how it was. It was, you know, it was the end, the end of the road. Um, coincidentally about three weeks before that, I, I, I think you've had Dermy on before that <laughs> I remember playing, uh, Hawthorne out at VFL Park and, and the uh, Dermy and I always had a bit of fun when we played against each other, and and the ball has got kicked into the forward line, and and we we're both running at it from different directions, and it sort of landed in the middle of us, and and uh, anyway, as per normal, we both went at it, and fortunately for me, I was every now and then I was lucky, I I come off best, and Dermy went down, and and I took off with the ball, and. And uh, got moved it down the our forward line, and 
come back past Dermy and, and said, how was that? <laughs> and, uh, and he had a bit of a wry smile on his face, as he always did. And I said, mate, that might be the last time I would do that to you. <laughs> it felt it felt good though. <laughs> so it was uh, that's I mean that that was the way football was played in those days. We, we 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 enjoyed it out in the ground and and then we enjoyed each other off the ground. Yeah. Um how hard was the decision to retire? Uh it wasn't hard at all, Bailey. I I knew I'd come to the end of the road and uh, uh and I'd I didn't want to let my teammates down by trying to go on another year, and even though probably my body could have gone another year, um, I, I, it's just that's not who I am, and so it was it was an easy decision to make the decision to, to not play. I went and seen the president um, the next day after we got back, and and said I'm done, and he said you're sure? I said yep. And uh, it was as, that was, as a matter of fact as, as that. There was no um, nothing big about it. It was just that was the end of the road. And he taught me in becoming chairman of selectors. And, um, we took the next step for 12 months and we moved on. Yeah, what was it like being a one-club player at um, Footscray? Yeah, it's, it's something I'd, I'd sort of... I'm pretty proud of being a one-club player. I mean, a lot of players in our era were. Um, I, I, I probably had a bit of a falling out, not with the club, but probably more the general manager in the late 80s um, when Mick, probably his second, his last year there, or his second last year, um, his last year there, um, with the hierarchy of the Bulldogs and and I don't want to drag up all that sort of um, stuff but um, I did consider leaving and I had a, a close friend at that time who was the fitness and the runner runner at, uh, at North Melbourne and I met with uh, John Kennedy and um, um, to have a chat and and, and probably flip-flop for um, uh, Ronnie Joseph. Um, I flip-flop for months. You know, I'd wake up, one minute I'd be going, I'm going to North Melbourne, the next minute, no, I'm staying at the Bulldogs. And, uh, you know, financially it would have been very attractive to go, but um, my my heart was with the Bulldogs and, um, and I knew that that's probably who I was as a person and, um, I believe I'm loyal, and, and I'm glad I did in hindsight. Um, the club's been wonderful to me, and I've made many, many good friends and um, at the club, and, um, and I'm proud to say that I'm, I've, you know, I was a, a one-club player at the Western Bulldogs, or as I keep referring to, the Footscray in my day. Yeah, did it take you long to um, adapt to life after footy, considering you were there for 10 years? No, I sort of I started I started in the uh, financial advice industry um, two or three years before the end of my career. Um, so I was running a business there um, uh, along with or not with Phil Malin, but Phil and I used to work together, and um, Phil actually helped me get into the industry. Um, so I owe him a lot to my life. 
Jeez, there's a lot of people I, I hope. <laughs> there. Um, but um, um, so I, I just refocus on um, what, where I was going in life and business, and that took over my life. And um, I was chairman of selectors for 12 months, and then I realised I was no good. Um, then I got back involved with the board in. Uh, 96, 97 uh, for a couple of years and um, life life just moves on Bailey. Yeah, what was it like to not win a premiership during your career? Yeah, it's a, that's another really good question. It's uh, um, I mean, I've been fortunate to watch the Bulldogs win one five years ago and um, been fortunate to see my son-in-law involved with with three out of the last four premierships. So I feel like a quadruple premiership. No, I don't know if quadruple premiership player, but I've, I've been a supporter of four premierships in the last five years. Um, you sort of reflect back. I mean, that's the ultimate. I think we, I think everyone that pulls the boots on uh, wants to play in an AFL premiership or play in an AFL grand final for a start, and then would like to be the winner on the day and um, but there's only one side that does that every year and I think that if we based whether we've been successful or not on whether we're a part of a premiership side every year um, uh, there's a lot of sad players in the AFL (laughs) (laughs) over the last hundred years Um, you know we we had a great chance in 1985 under Mick uh, and Walshy and, and the team to um, play off in a grand final against Essendon and we blew it in the last quarter against Hawthorne and went down by 11 points or 10 points, whatever it was. Um, uh, that was probably one of our, or the best opportunity I had during my career. Um, and, um, you know, I, 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 the, probably the truth is, Bailey, I probably tried not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm respectful of people that that, uh, that have played in premiership sides, and, and in some cases, in a number number of them, like my my son-in-law is triple premiership um, captain now, um, um, and it's fantastic. You know, I, I, you know, I respect that. And, um, but you know, sometimes um, you know, there's a bit of luck involved, isn't there? Yeah. Who were some of the best players you played with and against? Oh, jeez. Look, I was, I was probably very lucky at the Bulldogs to, you know, one of, I, well, one of the greatest player I've ever seen play live um, has probably been Dougie Hawkins. Um, Hawk was a guy that he had everything. Um, he could dodge, he could weave, he could uh, take a high mark, a low mark, kick left, right, handball left, right. Um, he could fight. He, he could do it all. Um, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to be um, uh, amongst the back line of guys that looked after me. You know, I've mentioned a few of them before. You know, Brian Cordy and Mark Callis, um, Mickey Egan and Mickey Ford and Peter Foster and Emmett Dunn. And, you know, there's a whole host of characters from over, over the years. I mean, I love um, Pothead, Mickey Egan. Um, he was probably the, uh, one of the best back pocket players I was fortunate enough to play full back with. Um, 
you know, Simon Beasley down the other end, Jimmy Sewell, uh, Jimmy Edmund, uh, Lally Bamblett, uh, oh, Magic McLean, Mickey McLean played in the back pocket, looked after me for many times, and on the wing, and Choco Royal, and Steve Wallace, and Polly Purse. I mean, it's, I mean, the list goes on, and if you speak to any AFL player, they'll talk very highly about their teammates, I'm sure. Um, some of the guys I've played against, you know, once again, I was lucky. I, I played against some great players, you know, Tony Lockett and Jason Dunstall and Bernie Quinlan early in my career and Mark McClure and, um, you know, Peter McConville and, um, you know, I played on some characters like Warwick Capper and um, uh, Mark Jackson, <laughs> talking about characters, um, Sos Silvani, David Reese jones um, you know, Billy Brownless and you know, Brian Taylor. So, the, you know, it was, uh, I was fortunate that um, I was, I played on many great players who, who challenged, uh, it challenged me mentally and physically week in, week out. And, um, and hopefully um, we did okay. Hopefully, you know, people can reflect back and say, well, okay, he played his hardest and he did as much as he's capable of doing and, and some days I was lucky enough to win and other days I wasn't. Yeah, if you had any advice for any young footballers going around, what would it be? Oh, geez, that's another great question. Um, it, it's, it's interesting. You know, I mean, I, I, with my son-in-law, you know, we, we, tra- we chat every now and then. Um, probably not as much in the last three or four years because uh, you know the Tigers have been going pretty well and um, and I only ever really used to listen I think um, I'm not sure how the young guys really tick today to be honest with you Bailey I'm, I'm not sure that an old an old fart like me <laughs> an old bloke like me can give them really too much advice about what it is that they, they need to do today that the, the game's a lot different. I think the main thing is to, um, if I was going to give any advice, w- would be just give it everything you've got um, because, it, you know, it can be here one day and, and it will happen. It will not be here at some point in your career. And for some people, it can come quicker than others because they get injured, get badly injured or suffer injury after injury. Um, for other people, they go through relatively unscathed or they can cope or they have injuries that they can get through with. Um, you know, we've, we've seen one of the greats on the weekend and Gary Ablett, you know, he's had some injuries through his career, but he's, you know, he's had a long career. Of, he's been able to get through it. So it'll probably be just give it your best shot. Don't don't leave anything in the tank from, from day one. Yeah. Because you never know. Yeah, it's everything I've got for you, Rick. Thanks once again for coming on. No worries, Bo. My pleasure, mate. Nice to have a chat.